This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the 2007 Brownwood, Texas UFOs and missing chickens. That's correct. 2007 Brownwood, Texas UFO and missing chickens. Now, I think this case is fascinating. I first came across this Uh, The first case on the History Channel, uh, Episode 1, Season 7, they're down there and uh, they're investigating the Stevensville uh, UFO wave that happened in 2008. Anyway, the guys, they they set up an interview place for people to come in and talk about their sightings. At the very end of the episode, a lady comes in by the name of Margie Galvez, and she has an awesome video that she has recorded it shows a light uh, coming down out of the sky. You can't see the craft because of the way the camera's situated. And it's what I guess they described as a truncated beam. The light comes down, but it stops before it hits the ground. You know, normally if you shine a flashlight or something, a beam of light, that light just goes uh, off infinitely until it disperses. It doesn't go to a certain point and stop. That's not how light works, right? Well, that's how this light works. And that light is kind of bouncing around back and forth like a pendulum like it's searching for something. Now, the story behind why she even has this video is that she lives on a farm there and she, I guess, raises chickens. And she said she noticed that her chickens were going missing, like a lot. And so she's worried about what's getting her chicken. She figures it's some kind of predator, maybe a fox or, you know, a coyote or something like that. She doesn't know. So she decides to put up this infrared camera. Honestly, I think she has a hunch that it's something weird because she also mentions that there aren't near as many deer around either. Although we do see a deer in this short video image. Now, so what happens is she puts the video camera up. You see this light blink in, kind of swooping around, bouncing around. But like I said, it's it's truncated. It stops. The light comes down and maybe three, four feet off the ground. Boom, it stops. Why doesn't the light come all the way down? It's perfectly abnormal way for a light to function and to make matters even more peculiar she describes seeing a pair of eyes in the background at first she thinks there's that they're deer eyes but then she can't see a deer so you know the first thing i'm thinking is alien i mean she's missing all these chickens now you've got this light coming down to me it's obvious that this light's coming down from some sort of a ufo i can't imagine someone's flying a helicopter over her house and shining some kind of high-tech light that doesn't shine all the way down to the ground. You see what I'm saying? You could make the argument, well, somebody's out there with a flashlight or this thing came from a helicopter or whatever. But when a searchlight, any searchlight known to man, when you sh- when you point that searchlight, that light extends all the way out until either it hits something or it just, 
diffuses, disappears. That's not how this light worked. This light comes down, it's like, it's like a form, like it has being. The light itself stops emitting when it gets to about three feet from the ground. I don't know any light made by man that can do that. This to me is something that violates the laws of physics. If it's paranormal, whatever it is, it's bizarre. They pair that with the missing chickens, the missing animals, and these strange eyes that she can't identify in the background. This has all the hallmarks of a weird case. Now we'll take a look at what she had to say about it in a couple different uh, settings. There are also two other encounters um, that I found on MUFON. I'll put the links to all this stuff on the Buy Me A Coffee website. Now, in the UFO Hunters History Channel episode they did, they talk about calling people in, you know, at the local town meetings and stuff to ask them about UFO sightings they might have had. And it's interesting to note that this was actually covered uh, in real time back then in 2008 uh, at local news. And here we have this article from actionnews.com. It says, Texans discuss recent UFO sightings published January 21st, 2008 at 3.39 p.m. Central Standard Time. It begins by saying NBC News Channel, Dublin, Texas. North Texans shared their stories of supposed UFO sightings at a recent meeting called by UFO investigators in Dublin. Dozens of people crowded into Dublin's Rotary Club to talk with Mutual UFO Network, a group of UFO buffs. Texas MUFON director Ken Cherry said the group definitely knows something is going on in Stephenville. In an extremely small number of cases, will we get a mass sighting like this, he said. A woman from Brownwood brought a video of bouncing lights that she shot on January 4th. You can see through it, Marjorie Galvez said. You can't see in it. It just bounces. She said she shot the video with an infrared surveillance camera at her farm. You can't explain it, she said. I don't know what it is. A double man showed a video of a strange object in the sky that he shot last summer in Stephenville. That's why I'm here, he said. I want someone to tell me what it is. Most people don't have any pictures. What I saw was a very large blue light, resident Jason Graywolf Lee said. Stephenville resident James Hughes said he saw big round objects in the sky. I would estimate they were the size of an aircraft, he said. Glenda Jackson, another Stevensville resident, said she also saw something strange in the sky. It looked like two plates upside down like a saucer, she said. It was at least as wide as a football field. The meeting also drew people who just wanted to see what the hoopla was all about. MUFON members said their work would take a year. Even then, there may be no explanation for the phenomena, they said. The investigators said it was way too early to rule anything in or out, but with so many people coming forward, the group said it is convinced that people saw something. Yeah, honestly, I don't think it should take a year. I mean, I think things are better now. Of course, we're 15 years down the road where people can share these images online and then we can just look at them ourselves and decide whether or not they have enough evidence for us. I really find myself convinced by this uh, Margie Galvez video. Uh, watching her on the uh, History Channel episode, she seemed like a very sincere, believable person. The way that it, the way the story plays out, the fact that she uh, it starts off she's missing chickens, her life state, her livestock's being predated on. So many times we hear that with these UFO cases, where whether it's sheep or cattle or goats or something. Some animals being uh, taken or being sometimes taken and return mutilated. Apparently with the chickens, they just like to take them, period. And she becomes concerned. So she goes out and she gets this night vision camera, which I'm guessing in 2007 would have, you know, would have been fairly expensive. So she must have been pretty much bothered by what was going on here. 
and she films this light coming down. And they don't really, they describe the lights here as bouncing. Well, the lights were moving back and forth, kind of like a pendulum, as if they were searching for something. But I think what they leave out in this article here from this news article is that the light was trenchated. It came down to a certain point then stopped. This is, this to me, violates the laws of physics. It's almost like a lightsaber from, you know, Star Wars or something. What is going on with this light? It's being, it's not just being used to illuminate stuff, okay? It's being used to, I think, track and find stuff. You know, why this thing doesn't go all the way down to the ground itself? I don't know, but there must be some purpose to it. And then they don't talk at all about the eyes that she saw in this video that she reported seeing. The eyes, and, and they rule out that they weren't deer. So what were they? There was no people out there. Was it some kind of an alien? What did this thing look like? It adds a very dark element to the story. It's almost like it's too frightening for them to even talk about. Now, of course, in the History Channel video, you can actually see the image that uh, Marjorie Galvez took of this UFO. This, what they describe as a truncated light. The beam of light, of course, comes down out of the UFO, but it doesn't go all the way to the ground like a, like a normal beam of light would. It just stops, I don't know, maybe three or four feet off the ground. So. If someone can explain to me how that works, I'd like to know because, you know, typically when you point a flashlight or a beam of light at something, the light just goes off into infinity where eventually uh, it diffuses. This thing comes down with intensity and then stops. And so you have a light beam coming down and then boom, it just stops above the ground and then there's darkness. So why doesn't this light beam continue going on? It shows us that they actually have control over the light itself, the photons in that light, they're preventing it from extending down a, per, a, a, you know, a certain point. That's mind boggling to me. It's a big deal. Now, uh, if I go to this uh, book here from Aliens in America, there's an excerpt you can find it on Google. I'll put that link with the others at the Buy Me A Coffee website. Uh, the book looks like it's by William J. Burns. I want to give them credit. And uh, it has a very well-written little segment in here. It says, humble, eerie beginnings of a famous flap. Of course, we're talking about the Stevensville uh, UFO wave that happened there back in, what, 2007, 2008 time frame. And we've covered that in the podcast, all kinds of these uh, bizarre craft being seen. Now, the author informs us, uh, the first anomaly associated with the flap was not actually a UFO sighting. It took place in 2007 when Margie Galvez was trying to figure out what kind of animal was carrying off the chickens she was raising on her property. Night after night, more of her birds went missing until she finally decided to launch her own investigation. She installed a night vision camera in her backyard, set to start recording at around midnight. In the morning, she inspected the tapes and in almost every case found nothing. But over Thanksgiving that year, Galvez discovered something very strange in a tape she reviewed from that camera. In the eerie grayscale images measuring the differential between the background ambient temperature and anything generating a heat signature, Galvez saw her animals pecking in the ground. Then she saw two eyes peering through the darkness, probably a deer she assumed. But from out of a frame, at the top of her screen, a well-defined cone of white emerged. It appeared quickly as if something hovering above the ground had turned on a searchlight. The cone seemed to scan the ground beneath it, swinging back and forth like a pendulum. 
But Galvez noticed if this were a beam emitting heat, why didn't the beam appear to hit the ground? It was sharply cut off long before objects on the ground would have blocked it from continuing. The beam made three or four sweeps and then snapped up as if it were shut off. And the scene of a pastoral night returned to normal. And you can see this in the video that uh, the History Channel put out there. Galvez saved the video to a DVD and tucked it away. It was strange to be sure, but she had no explanation for the anomaly. It would not be until the next spring when the UFO hunters came to Stephenville to investigate the ongoing flap that Galvez would show the dark disk for the first time and the anomaly would appear on national television. This short little video that, ap that appears toward the end of that um, episode, and like I said, I'll put the link there at, at the Buy Me a Coffee. It's on YouTube. To me, it's just stunning. The fact that this light comes down, and like they said, it just stops. The light, the light stops before it goes to the ground. How is that possible? Secondly, she talks about her animals having gone missing. Now, we've talked frequently on the show about UFOs and cattle mutilations and cattle being taken, even deer and elk being taken. Uh, it seems like maybe these things have a taste for domesticated chicken. I mean, these things seem to be disappearing. And she'd also talked about, in, in the video there on the History Channel, about other animals disappearing, even how there didn't seem to be as many deer around. So sometimes it seems like these things just kind of come through an area and harvest stuff. You know, maybe maybe they're just picking these things up and and doing experiments on them. Maybe they're using them for some kind of genetic stuff. Who knows? But there was something was going on there. She noticed that her livestock was her her chickens rather were being uh, predated on, and she couldn't figure out what was getting them. And then when she turns this camera on, she sees this light coming down, and it has to be coming down from some kind of a craft. Also, I'm wondering about the two eyes that she talks about seeing. And first she thought they were deer's eyes, but then she sees that they're not. Well, what were they? I mean, it's almost as if she's taking us right up to uh, the idea that maybe this could be some kind of alien presence. But they don't really uh, delve into that. I suppose it's a history channel. It's on, you know, family time TV. But I see some really disturbing things here kind of all tied in together. We have this light that's not a normal light. I mean, never in my life have I seen a light that comes down and then stops three feet off the ground. When you shine a light at something, the light just keeps on going until it diffuses or until it hits something. Will this light stop before it hits something and it didn't diffuse? It was as intense at the bottom of the light beam as it was at the top. So they're using light, this is some kind of controlled energy. Maybe the light's a byproduct of whatever it is that they're doing. And then this notion that these animals have been going missing for some time. So she's worried about something. She knows something is taking her animals. And then I think maybe even as strange as the light is these two eyes that seem to appear in the darkness. And it's almost as if they're too afraid to even talk about what these things are. This sounds like some sort of uh, alien uh, hit squad going on here. We see this happen uh, frequently where uh, cattle are abducted or people are abducted. Oftentimes we hear about aliens on the ground in conjunction with uh, UFO in conjunction with these lights. Oftentimes you hear these same kind of stories where uh, Bigfoot's involved. You know, you've got this spaceship, you've got this UFO thing going on, maybe you've got this light beam happening, and then you have these Bigfoot sightings. There's some connection there. Now, this sighting comes to us from uh, Brownwood, Texas, just like the other one did. It's dated Saturday, December 1st, 2007. It says, shape, fireball, flash, other, unknown, duration, five minutes, source, MUFON. 
and I'll have the link to at the Buy Me a Coffee website over there. I've edited this account a little bit just to make it easier to read, but what they're telling us is I hadn't forgotten about this experience, but I kept it to myself until I watched a UFO hunter program recently. It was revealed that UFO sightings in Stephenville area started increasing in early December. I'm a former military personnel with four years of experience around military aircraft, including A6s and U2s. Despite my background, I was puzzled by what I saw on a Thursday night while heading to my deer lease on the edge of Brown County, not far from Dallas. I was driving along a dark, unfamiliar road when I suddenly noticed a very bright, flickering white light through the trees on my left. About 100 to 200 yards ahead, I slowed down and rolled down my window, thinking it might be a plane crash. However, I didn't hear any crash sounds. The area was remote and sparsely populated. As I continued, I tried to spot an opening in the trees to see the object better. I thought it might be an electrical fire, but I dismissed that when I didn't hear the typical noises or see flames. I stopped my truck, and when I was almost parallel to the light, but it vanished without a trace. I turned off my truck, called a friend to keep an eye on the news for a plane crash, and noticed several helicopters approaching. They didn't come too close to me, but I counted at least 10, some with searchlights scanning the area. They hovered for a while, then headed west and disappeared over a ridge. This led me to consider two possibilities. Either an aircraft had crashed silently and without a trace, or I had witnessed a UFO and the military helicopters were trying to find or track it. I can't say for sure what I saw that night, but I know what it wasn't. The object appeared to hover near the ground, pulsating with a slow, steady, white and orange-red light. I never got a clear, unobstructed view, so I can't identify it. What struck me as unusual was the number of helicopters and how quickly they arrived. It's the reason I'm reporting this. Anyone can claim they saw something in the sky, but military or civilian aircraft should leave evidence of their presence. It's also worth noting that this happened close to a military training facility, raising some concerns. Well, that might explain why these guys were so quick to respond. I think a lot of times people see these things when they're out in the middle of nowhere, maybe they're out in farm country or they're out in some deserted, you know, cityscape somewhere, and it's just not important enough for the military to investigate. They got other things to do. But I think sometimes when these things are creeping around a military base, and maybe when the right people are there, they do believe that they deserve investigation, as do I. And that's why they send these things out. I like the fact this seems like a pretty reliable witness. He says he was former military. So, you know, working with the U-2, A-6s, he should know what an airplane looks like. And he definitely says this thing was a UFO. Now, I'll finish up with this last encounter reported to MUFON. Uh, you can find the link at the Buy Me a Coffee website along with the rest of the stuff. And I, like I said, I edited it just a little bit so we could read it better. But this was also from uh, 2007, November 7th, it says. Uh, we're told we were driving home from the Coleman Pizza Inn and our diesel Jetta going east on 1850 toward Brownwood. We turned right onto 279 South, then left on Park Road 15. Well, on this route, we noticed something unusual ahead of us through the car's windshield. It was an amber-colored object that appeared and disappeared repeatedly around eight times, but it always reappeared in the same spot in front of us. Each time it showed up, it stayed visible for about 30 seconds. At first, I made a joke about it being a UFO following us, but as the subject persisted, my wife became worried. I wanted to pull over and get a closer look, but she was too upset to allow me to stop. 
We continued on Park Road 15 and turned right onto County Road 461. As we neared County Road 561, the object moved closer to us and ended up directly above our car. It remained above us for about five minutes. My wife estimated it to be about as tall as two telephone poles above the ground. Well, I thought it was approximately 100 yards in diameter. This thing's huge. If this thing's two telephone poles, that's like 100 foot tall. Well, 70 foot tall at least. And 100 yards in diameter? So you're talking what? 300 foot by 70 feet? It blocked out the stars. I guess so. And it had amber lights around its circular edge, resembling those on a school bus. Beneath it, there were white lights that turned on and off in a sequence. The object appeared to be made of dark metal, but it was hard to determine its color in the dark. What was most striking was that it made no noise whatsoever. After about five minutes, it slowly started to move away toward the northeast. As it departed, it emitted sparkling lights similar to what you might see on the 4th of July. These sparklers seemed to be coming from thin air near the object rather than directly from the object itself. It took about three minutes for the object to disappear from our sight. This was the first time we had ever witnessed a UFO. Before this experience, we had been somewhat skeptical about people claiming to see UFOs. Yeah, join the club. That's an amazing sighting. I didn't realize how big it was when he first started talking about it. He says, well, we saw this amber object in front of us. And I'm thinking, well, maybe something the size of a shoebox or, you know, or a wash machine. But then they described this thing as the height of two telephone poles and 100 yards in diameter. That's amazing to me. Really neat. So you can see they were having all kinds of sightings down here in Brownwood, Texas. And then it seems like within maybe a few weeks or a couple months later, then it moved into uh, Stevensville, Texas. Really, really strange stuff. So I think the thing I take away from this is that so oftentimes when we, we hear about these sightings, you know, just like I heard about the Stevensville wave, say, and you get into it. And then you read four or five or six encounters and you think, man, this is amazing. And then you get a little deeper. And then I come across this, uh, ep this old episode from clear back in 2008, you know, 15-year-old episode done by the, U uh, by, by the History Channel on the UFO. And they actually send a crew of guys down there uh, to Stephenville, Texas to interview people. And then we end up on a whole new rabbit trail. We find out not only were these things uh, happening in Stephenville, Texas, but prior to Stephenville, Texas, we had people showing up talking about these in Brownwood, Texas. And like I said, this lady's saying, hey, my chickens have gone missing. Uh, doesn't seem like there are hardly any deer left in the area. Animals are being taken daily. She goes and gets a thermal imaging camera, puts up out, out back where, you know, the, I guess the critters are at. And here this light shows up. And it's not just any light. It's what we call, I said, like I said, it's a trunctiated light. The light comes down and about four foot off the ground it stops. This is not something that a police helicopter church light does. This is not something that a military light does. This is something out of this world. And then she talks about seeing those eyes. That's super spooky to me. We look a little bit further and we find out that not only do we have people talking about this with the History Channel, we find out that other people have come in and talked about it. You know, you've got the local news outlet down there reporting it. And if you dig a little past that, you find out that MUFON was also uh, taking reports in 2007. People seeing these like balls of fire, or in this case, these people seeing this 
really enormous UFO that, that followed them for several minutes. And it seemed like the fellow's wife was getting a pretty uh, not so easy feeling about it. So that's the cool thing about researching uh, UFO topics is you start out in one place and then you end up 10 miles down the road. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.